Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode. I'm going to be doing a film review on the movie called Nefarious. It came out in 2023. Um, release date was April 14th, 2023. And the release date for streaming platforms was June 2nd, 2023. The box office gross in the U.S. was $5.4 million. A very, very low budget film. Um, but the runtime was an hour and a half. The distributor was Solio Dio Gloria Releasing. And the production company was Believe Entertainment. Um, the writers were Carrie Solomon and Chuck uh, Konzelman. And the producer was Chris Jones, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Konzelman, and Sheila Hart. And the director was Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. The original language is English, but I can definitely feel like foreign vibes about the movie. The genre is horror, mystery, and a thriller. Um, the rating is rated R, very, very much so. Um... I'll give you a little brief summary on the movie. Uh, All this information is um, via Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Again, do not always trust the tomato meter rating, but go go to their website for movie information and details. Um, But the movie information on this film. On the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon, and further claims that that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. Kind of the perfect summary, in my opinion. The audience score for this movie is 96, and then the tomato meter is only 35%. And just just, just so you know how much like these critically acclaimed, acclaimed movie reviewers uh, that get paid millions of dollars for by magazines, papers, and these websites, give a fuck. They don't give a fuck at all. Uh, 17 ratings for this movie. Only 17, quote-unquote, critically acclaimed... Um, <laughs> Watchers, analysts, rated this film. And then over a thousand people verified ratings on on the audience score. Gave it a 96. And this movie is not woke, but it's awake. Like, this shit shits all over woke ideology. It takes a fucking look at the society's fucking, like, playing field right now in the real world. Um, Sean, Pet- Sean Patrick Flannery played Nefarious. He was... He, he, was, he made the movie... Um, in my opinion, Jordan Belfi, um, Dr. James Martin, he was good in parts, like he had good range, but he struggled in certain like conversations. Um, like his opening was weird. Some of his mannerisms were just weird. You can tell he's not really taken helm of a supporting role before. Um, and, and honestly, those are the only, this is a very small cast. Um, Tom Omer as Warden Moss. He was, you know, just a typical warden. Um, very small cast. There's literally only five, oh, I mean, six, seven, eight, no, seven people listed on the cast list. So just something to keep in mind. This is one of those psycho- psychological, like, thrillers where they're going to mind-bend. And, and it has a lot to do with the conversation um, between Nefarious and James Martin. And the cool thing about this is that the dialogue, besides Nefarious's or Sean Patrick Flannery's performance as Nefarious carrying the film, the dialogue and the conversation was very, very well written. And I really appreciated how authentic it was. It felt like a podcast. It felt like an intense debate. It felt like two people that are on completely different sides of, I guess, the society spectrum how they view and perceive things, and then you get to see that turn into something almost sinister. Um, and, and it really does portray that well 
and it keeps me interested and captivated not only in just the overall story but it gets me invested in both of the main characters nefarious and dr james martin um and 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 you have to really kind of play along with nefarious and his riddles and his games um but i thought that that was very well maintained in a way that it was kept vague but it also kept you captivated as a uh, as a viewer and and another thing about nefarious that you really need to keep an eye out for is just always listen to when he is speaking he is going to revolve it back around he's going to have the conversation go full circle or he's going to make accurate predictions for this man's fucking life and it goes down hill for james martin for sure and my favorite part of the movie isn't actually anything in uh with nefarious um it's actually with James Martin doing an interview. It's the ending of the film. He's on like a cable network and, uh, you know, kind of talk show. And he's talking about his experience and how he was kind of possessed by an entity that spoke to him and made him almost kill himself. Um, and he believes that's what Nefarious's character was doing to that body. I can't remember the name of who Sean Patrick Flannery was actually playing because Nefarious is this supposed possessable demon. Um, but it was just something so cool, creative, how they were able to add twists to the plot when they were mainly just in a conference room. And when you have a movie like this that's able to keep me interested in the story or keep anyone interested in the story while they're in a particular setting, in this case a prison, but... About 80% of the film was in this conference room. It reminded me of Reservoir Dogs. It reminded me of Hateful Eight. It reminded me of those like very like solidified um, kind of movies with solitude and just very, very, very alone in that manner. Um, and it, and it, it's hard to do that. It's hard to write a story that is going to keep an audience involved um, while there's only minimal characters and a minimal, you know, obviously a minimal setting selection and set selection, and obviously you could tell this was a low-budget movie, I'm not going to sit here and say the acting was outstanding, it was spotty here and there, but Sean Patrick Flannery, I want to see him in more movies, I would love to see him as a villain somewhere else, um, that'd be really cool, uh, he really he really sold me on the fact that he was possessed, he was insane, he he was, like, he was calculated, he was, cal- eh, he was calculating every aspect of everything, studying James Martin for months. He was a stalker. I mean, he used tools to his advantage. Everything about this movie is full circle. They don't leave any stone unturned or untouched, if you will. I mean, they literally are able to make every aspect of every conversation had in this movie had meaning to the overall story and typically the ending, honestly. And the ending is crazy. Just overall, the last 35 minutes of this movie is fucking insane. But, you know, when, you, when you're in the first act, you know, you're in that first hour. And, it, you know, it's, it's not dragging. It doesn't drag me. It's not, it's not boring. It, it's not getting stale. It's thorough, interesting, innovative, and creative in the way the conversation is taking place. The topics of conversation, which definitely angered the woke mob. But that's why I... This is one of the very few movies the past five years that is telling the truth through art. 
Um, and this is, you know, if if you have not seen Nefarious, go spend the four dollars on Amazon Prime to rent this bad boy. It is a good movie. Um, it's not it's not a thirty seven percent or thirty five percent by any means. This movie is good. Um, the only thing that holds it back, obviously, is its small budget and as well as some of the performances with some spotty. Um, you know, mannerisms and just like the overall body language of some of the acting was a little awkward and, you know, kind of cheesy in a way. But overall, I thought that this was a very well written, composed and edited film. It kept me interested for what it was only an hour and a half. And I felt like I got everything I needed in it. And uh, that's what I really appreciate about this movie is that behind the camera, they knew what the fuck they were doing. Good production, good writing, good editing. They didn't fall flat on any of the technical aspects of filmmaking. Um, again, it's just mainly the performances of some of the actors um, that was a little spotty. Uh, like the warden, you know, who's kind of just like, just stale, you know, just had like, like a smirk on his face the whole time. He's like, you need, you need to give me an hour. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, okay, give me, give me more. You know, you're, you have a, you have a character in a, in a small budget film where there's not many other characters. Create some characteristics you know, sp- spark up a stogie, you know, do dip, you know, always be tugging at your, your, uh, your lapel on your suit, you know, like always be like scratching your nose, like quickly, like those types of little things is what separates some of these characters from the others. And if you're just like some stale, bland character, like Warden Moss, yeah, you know, you're just kind of boring and you don't really set a tone for your character or the slower paces of the movie when, when Warden did come, when the Warden did come in. You know, he was in there a good amount, you know, uh, in the film overall, a good amount. But, like, it just felt stale when when that actor came came on. And, and I'm not trying to shit on um, Tom Omer, but Warden Moss's character could have been utilized way more. I mean, when you go back and look at prison movies um, and, and you look at the Wardens, they were always... Something is always unique about each Warden. Go back to the TV show Lost. Go back to Prison Break. Go back to... Uh, Oz. I mean, so many other wardens like you could have drawn from, like that are iconic characters in this genre of like prison, like um, you know, insanity type shit. And and it's just I wish that we got more out of Tom Omer's character, Warden Moss. But the main person that did irk me was Jordan Belfi's Doctor James Martin character. Um, he struggled at times for sure with his range. Um, getting angry, you know, it, it just felt like whenever he would get pissed, it would be like a 180 type shit. He would just flip a switch and flip out. Like there would be no signs of frustration or aggravation. It would just be like calm, collective doctor, or I'm flipping my shit because this guy is drawing the worst out of me. And I just wish that there was a middle ground that we got to see through a good portion of the film, but there just wasn't. Um, but overall, Jordan Belfi, in the in the more, like, I guess important parts of the film, like the ending, uh, he really stepped it up and was, like, kind of a whole different actor, in my opinion. And I, I liked that. I appreciated that. And I could tell that, you know, obviously, again, I talked about how this was a low-budget film. Um, and you see that with not, not the camera quality or anything like that, but just they didn't have a lot to utilize with the scenery. Um, any Any kind of crazy, like, flyover shots or... You know, none of that, and, and and it felt good to not be, like, just sitting around getting my time wasted most of the time, and, you know, when you watch, like, a Marvel movie, there's about 45 minutes of shit that doesn't need to be in there, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, this didn't have that. It cut to the chase. It, it told me the story. It told me the, the grievances, the problems, the conclusions, the solutions. It put it all on the table for me. And it's really up to you to kind of put it together towards the end. And I, honestly, it's a very unpredictable ending, in my personal opinion. You know Nefarious's character is getting the chair. Um, but you don't know, obviously, after the conversation, how it's going to pan out after learning more and more about how special and unique Nefarious honestly is. I mean, there's conversations that tie in really symbolic conversation pieces when he's talking about evil. And Jordan Belfi is like, we're ending racism. We're ending world hunger. We're switching to electric... Like, just talking about, like, the basic headline points. And Nefarious just... He's like, are you sure you're winning? There's over 4 million slaves in the world right now. Just going, like, talking about shit that, you know, gets canceled. You know, you hear what's going on with The Sound of Freedom, that film. They're turning it off in theaters. They just don't want you to hear about how a lot of shit is run off of sex trafficking, especially child sex trafficking. Um, and, and this movie touched on so many of those, like, raw points that need to be talked about in grand scheme. Um, and, and I loved that. I loved the no-filter aspect of the writing. They weren't trying to appease anyone. They were trying to tell you facts, but also trying to tie those facts into a relatable story about good versus evil. And I love that. I love the symbolism. I love the continuity between that and just being able to have that kind of, that basic conversation about religion, good versus evil, God versus Satan type shit. And then you bring in all the other elements of what the fuck is wrong with society and the world today. And it just, it does mend well. It does. It, and it, it makes me even, like, more happy that I saw it. Because I feel like this movie, at the time when it came out, it was definitely being silenced. And and people were talking about that as well. You know, some of the major political, you know, figureheads like Shapiro and guys like that on YouTube were talking about how this movie was getting pushed down. And it was. It, it really was. And I'm not going to sit here and say the production company is big. I don't know Believe Entertainment. But... A movie like this, you'd figure, would have a fair shot at the spotlight. And it just didn't. I mean, the box office gross in the U.S. was $5.4 million. That's terrible. Um, and then, if I mean, you can go into, I guess, even more facts about it. Um, let me just look up the actual budget of this movie. Bear with me. Yeah, opening weekend, it only did $1.3 million. And overall, in the world, it only did 4.13 um, its opening weekend. Yeah, only 933 theaters opened with this film. That's crazy. That's crazy. How much did Nefarious make from... Oh, it only had a $2 million budget. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It only had a $2 million budget. It made $3.4 million profit off of the budget line in the U.S. alone. I can only imagine it did really well for all things considering its budget. Um, but again, it was blackballed and you just don't... I hate seeing that shit. But I just I did write down some notations regarding the film after I watched it, so these are a little a little more fresh thoughts. 
Um, but I wrote down gritty. The film is gritty. It's like really, really raw. And I, I like that about it. Not the camera, like the cinematography or any of the technical aspects, but just like how the film was put together. Like it just reminds me of older like movies. Um, the dialogue is fantastic. The conversations drive the film. Um, the writing was fantastic. Um, very interesting cast, but solid for a uh, low budget. Um, for what it was, $2 million. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and then the, the, the premise of the film is incredibly interesting. The whole plot line, the story, um, just overall the idea of the movie is just very innovative. Um, it's outside the box, if you will. The movie is trying to overachieve. And what I mean by that is it's trying to be like a very interesting kind of like edgy movie, I guess you can say. It's tagged as a horror film, but it's really not that scary in that sense. Um, it has that aspect to it. Um, but it was really refreshing. You know, overall, the movie, this, the, the whole storyline, everything about the film, very refreshing. You know, obviously the camera work and stuff like that, the acting, the cosmetics, you know, that's not the refreshing part about this movie, but the conversation, the, the idea, the, the genre, the how everything was able to come together in this film like this and be rated so terribly, and the audience loves it. I just don't know what the, the critics are watching uh, when they review some of these movies and, and TV shows. And it really does piss me off, you know, because there's so many good movies and good TV shows that just get destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes, and it sets the bar for them. It sets their legacy, it sets their budget, I mean, it's not their budget, but they're gross after a while, and it just, you know, it, it sucks, because each film is art, you know, despite how bad it is, um, I just wish that there weren't critically acclaimed fucking reviewers or analysts for film like how how do you know movies better than us maybe you've worked on a camera maybe you've been on set but we all watch the final product the same so i just feel like you know the audience score should always hold more merit um than the critically uh, acclaimed quote-unquote reviewers one last thing i did want to say about this movie i did touch up on it people talk about woke you know being woke ultra liberal you know Potentially just communist, but this movie is quite the opposite of that kind of mindset and ideology. It's awake. Uh, it, it uses common sense and logic to drive conversations and talk about real-world problems. They actually discuss it in a legitimate manner, uh, using facts and data and, and legitimate things to back up the argument. And it, it was refreshing to see a film like this because all we've been getting is, um, you know, films with you know all this fucking ultra-liberal garbage that you just keep getting shoved down your throat. And, you know, there's a small group of people in this country that think like that. And then all these companies try and force that ideology and agenda down America's throat. And it's so exhausting. You know, obviously people are going to be like, oh, don't look for it then. Well, I can't look for it if it finds me. And it really just pisses me off. It really does. Because it's just like, that's not how a lot of people think. Nor should it be in, in an accessible way to young children. But I, that's neither here nor there. I like how this movie took a step above that by far. And actually didn't try and cater to a group of... A small group of cult-like thinkers. But instead, it actually opened up to the third eye free spirits. And uh, if you're out there and you're listening, I mean, you know what you know. 
And obviously, you know, movies nowadays are full of that woke garbage. And, you know, I heard that about Barbie, but then the homie Brandon, he was talking about Barbie. And I'm like, yo, that actually sounds kind of cool, kind of innovative. So I'm going to give it a judgment. I always judge a film for myself. I always will, always have. Um, but definitely, if, you're, if you've not watched Nefarious, I think this movie is a 7.5 out of 10 for sure, at least. That 35% shit on Rotten Tomatoes is insane. Um, definitely, definitely better than 35%. I mean, I mean, this movie should be in the 70%, but it's not. And it's because garbage movies get thrown under the rug. And so maybe the ratings, and 17 ratings... Only 17 people that are paid or, or, you know, sponsored by a magazine, a paper, a website, a blog, watched that movie and reviewed it. 17. You're not even doing it justice. By, that's a, such a small sample size of people. That's not even a fucking pre-release. Like, what, what, are, what is that? That just really pisses me off. And it really just, it does grind my gears a little bit. But, um, no, if you've not seen Nefarious, watch it. Um, I do not actually have the hard copy, so if you know me personally, I'm not going to be able to give you that uh, hard copy to, to borrow. Um, but definitely check it out on Amazon, rent it, you know, show, show some support to a small production company and a small budget film that is speaking truth and facts and being real, authentic art, not CGI packed garbage. I'm so I'm done. I'm done with Marvel shit, bro. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I just, I, I legit can't, I can't even do, I, I can't do Marvel, I can't do DC, I can't do that shit anymore, bro, it's not art, it's not real, like, you see the writing strike right now, like, those people are complaining because they're getting paid dog shit, because literally AI is doing their job, like, in, in five, six years, Hollywood's just gonna have janitors cleaning up AI, like, computers and robots, they're writing our stories and literally filming for us, fucking going out and getting film locations for the, the production company like all humans are gonna have to do or clean these things and dust them off while they create the art the food everything so it's just it's crazy that uh, that's where we're heading and it's just good to see you know a couple of these movies coming out now that are able to you know still capture that free spirit of american art um, because back in the 80s and 90s when we were pushing out fucking phenomenal tv shows music movies, all that, and now it's just catered to garbage that uh, it's trying to, any film now, is trying to appease a crowd or, you know, draw in one group of people to get as much money as possible off of it by any means necessary, but this film, this is for everyone, Nefarious is for everyone, because it'll open your mind, and it'll, it'll make you start thinking about shit for real, and that's just one thing I really think that this movie does probably better than anything else in it, but like it really just gets you thinking and it's just that's good you know you need to you need to keep your brain active out here especially in these days but uh this is trevor with tea time reports make sure you're following us on instagram tiktok threads and twitter at tea time reports youtube should be coming very soon we really appreciate all the support from everyone out there stay tuned for more episodes again this is trevor signing off take care everyone